Again, good morning. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, a lot of people have suffered tremendous loss the past two years, this week. Yeah, so we, it's very sad, it's very tragic to go through, especially during this season. But let me encourage you that we, the church, we are standing with you. Amen. And God is still in control. Amen. And He is a restorer. Amen. He can restore everything for you. He can turn things around for your favor. Amen. All right, I never spoke on Christmas before, my dad said. Yeah, but I attended a lot of Christmas services <laughs> my whole life. Many, many Christmas services, many, many Christmas messages. But to bring a word, a Christmas word, I'm going to try my best, all right? But are you ready to receive now this morning? Yeah, because I believe the Word of God is powerful. It can help you change your perspective. It can help you transform your life if you will allow it, if you are ready. So I hope you are ready. Right? So it's Christmas. Everybody, I think pretty much everyone knows the Christmas story. How Jesus was born in a manger. Ravi, can you please give me a bit my... Thank you. How he was born in a manger. How the wise man came. How angels appeared to the shepherds. We know the story, right? But today, I want to talk to you about the story through the eyes of Matthew, the disciple of Jesus, the tax collector, all right? Because his version is, is a bit different. It starts like this. Do we have it up there? Matthew, Matthew 1.1, 1, 1. all right? This is how he starts the Christmas story. The genealogy of Jesus, Okay? The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Do you have it up there, Sister Visa? Okay, good. Awesome. So it starts like this. Ah, good morning. <laughs> Ravi. Sorry, yeah. Ravi, it's all about the base. No trouble. Alright. So, Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Abinadab. Abinadab begot Nashan. Nashan begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. Rahab by Rahab. Uh, Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. Shall I continue? Yes, uh, my mother said yes. Okay, David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Okay, I'm going to stop there. How many of you stopped reading when I said Aminadab? No? Okay, for kids, uh, for new believers, when, you've, when you first become a Christian, like for me, when I was like 10 years old, 11 years old, they'll tell you, read the Bible. Okay, read the Bible. But start in the New Testament. Yeah, they'll tell you, start in the New Testament. But the New Testament starts like this. He begot who, he begot who, he begot who, he begot. And it was boring. It was so boring. I'm like, what is this? This is the Bible. I thought the whole Bible is going to be like that. You know? But as I mature, I began to understand it was so important to establish the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It's very, very important, especially for the Jews. Because you see, when Matthew wrote this, he was building a foundation. He was building a foundation for them, for us to understand that Jesus was truly the Messiah. Amen? Because the Jews were waiting for a Messiah, a king. Davidic king, like King David. Because it says in the prophecy to King David, it says this, 
2 Samuel 7. It says, When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So no wonder they thought it's going to be another king. No wonder they thought it's going to be a kingdom like any other kingdom, you know. And then Isaiah, another prophecy, it says, For unto us a child is born. This is the Christmas verse. Unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom in order to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forevermore. Amen. This is the word. But when Jesus came, the new king came as a baby. As a baby. They could not accept it. They were waiting for someone to come in and reinstate a powerful kingdom. But a baby, a virgin mother, a carpenter, a stable, it did not make sense. Okay, the title of the message this morning for you today is Expect the Unexpected. Expect the unexpected. The crazy thing was this message was prepared like three weeks ago. It was supposed to be preached last week. But last week, the unexpected happened. And we had to close church. You know? But um, So I believe the message is clearly for you guys who came today, who are tuning in today at home. Expect the unexpected. Turn to your neighbor and say, expect the unexpected. I know it sounds cliche, but how do you expect something unexpected? What it means means it's something out of the ordinary, out of the natural flow of things. Today, two baby dedication end up with one extra baby being dedicated today. Expect the unexpected. Anybody else? Any surprises for us? Anyone who wants to get married today? The church is decorated. The priest is here. We have the band. No? No, huh? Okay. Okay. Huh? Stephen is ready. <laughs> no. All right. So they couldn't accept Jesus because they did not expect the unexpected. The first point for today is don't miss the baby. Recognize his work. Are you going to miss the baby, so to speak? The miracle in your life. The good thing that God began in you. The work that he's working in you. Do you recognize it? Or are you missing the baby in your life? Because it's not what you expected. You see, sometimes when we walk with God, we get like a, like a tunnel vision. God must bless me like this. God must show up like this. To be honest, we, we, we are fed by the image of God by what we see on TV, what we learn from our parents. But how many of you really, how many of us really study the scriptures to know what God is like? Because in our mind, God is like, like this. Got a picture, Ravi? Jim Caviezel. He will come. Huh? It's worth waiting for. <laughs> ah, in our mind, Jesus is like this. So handsome, so majestic, so Hollywood, you know? Or that famous painting. Famous painting. But the word says, uh, this is the word. It says he was very ordinary looking. Nothing that attracted people to him. Isaiah 53, 2 says, My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot. Like a root in a dry ground. <laughs> root in a dry ground, huh? There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. It was hard. 
to accept Him as the Messiah. Nothing beautiful. So a lot of times when He works the miracles in our lives, it starts out with nothing beautiful. Nothing majestic. Very ordinary. Until the right time comes and He makes all things beautiful in His time. Amen? There's a set time for everything. But the right timing comes and then you will see. The question to you today is, do you recognize the Messiah's work now? Do you recognize or is it still a baby? Are you still waiting and expecting Him to show up? Lord, I'm still praying. I'm still waiting. But actually, He's already been working in your life. The miracle is already on the way. It's already coming through. A friend recently shared with us about how um, he was a baby, nine months old, and uh, his father died. Okay? His mom had no education. She worked as a maid. So they were living in poverty. Okay? But the house that she was working in, somehow they introduced Jesus to her. They were not believers, but somehow they introduced Jesus to her. And Jesus came into their lives and their lives began to change. The miracle started to develop, started to change. So this boy grew up without a dad, okay, from poverty. Huh? 21 years old, he worked odd jobs. He did contract, he raised money. He bought himself a shop lot at 21. I'm 41, still no shop lot. Somebody pray for me. <laughs> so, so, and now he's got more than that. He's getting married soon, you know. But God took them from nothing, from poverty and made them into something great. Now, there's nothing beautiful about growing up without a dad. There's nothing beautiful about working as a maid since you were 13 years old. Nothing majestic about it. But yet, they recognize. They told me it was God with them the whole time. They acknowledge and they know it was God with them. God guiding them the whole time. If I would sit down and speak to you some of, one of, some of these days, you would tell me your stories. And it'd probably be like that as well. Before I met God, my life was like that. When God came in, my whole life, Transform. Look at baby Mira today. A few years ago, before MCO, I think she couldn't even lift her head. She could not even lift her head. This morning, she's walking into church. Right here. She's a miracle. She's walking in. She even checked out the Christmas tree. She touched some Christmas balls. But <laughs> amazing. What is that? That's a miracle. When it started out, it wasn't majestic. It wasn't beautiful. But her walking into church on Christmas Day, hallelujah. Thank you. Isn't God good? Isn't God wonderful? So is there a baby in your life right now, so to speak? Is He working something in your life that you are you're not seeing it? You know, but some of you might think, that's nice stories and all, Jonathan. That's all good. That's all great. But I have been praying. I have been waiting. And it seems to be like Jesus is taking His own sweet time. Nothing is happening. My prayers are not being answered. Nothing is going. My child is getting from bad to worse. My situation is getting from bad to worse. You know what? Sometimes you know, I can agree with you. I also feel like that. Like, Jesus, why are you taking your own sweet time? You're taking longer than I, than I, than I expect. But that's the thing. When he comes as a baby, it takes time. The moment we prayed, the moment you prayed, he already heard our prayer. Like Daniel said in the Bible, like Daniel, Daniel fasted and he prayed for three weeks. After three weeks, the angel appeared. He said, the day that you prayed, the answer was on the way. But there were forces against you. There were forces against us. So there are forces against us too. That's coming against the answer. You know, but keep expecting the unexpected. The word says, His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans are higher than our plans. Expect the unexpected. It might take a while to get here, 
Maybe because of MCO. <laughs> but it's on the way. Amen? I have a close friend. This one, huh? Now he, this guy was busy looking for his wife his whole life. His mother had to pray very hard for him. All of us had to pray very hard for him. But when he found the right one, turns out she was in Sri Muda. She was in Sri Muda the whole time. So they grew up together, but they, they, nothing happened between them. They were just friends. I won't mention his name and all that, but I'll give you a clue. He's, he's, he likes to play the bass. <laughs> and his first, uh, the first letter of his name is R, second letter is E, the, the rest is Nash. So, <laughs> but <laughs> they knew each other, but it took a sad time to make things beautiful. A sad time for them to come together. Sorry, bro, I have to use you for illustration. Lah. Okay, since I use him, I'm going to use myself also. Huh? So my wife and I, where's my wife? My wife and I were friends since kindergarten. Okay, I think we got a picture. That's, that's me and her. Okay. Alright, now, growing up, I didn't know who I'm going to marry. I mean, none of us know who we're going to marry, right? So we were friends. Nothing happened between us. We even sang at people's weddings together. Nothing, no chemistry, nothing. Suddenly, 19 years old, my eyes opened. <laughs> Scales fell out my eyes. <laughs> Suddenly, she realized, hey, Shalom also got Sharokan. Huh? <laughs> and now she's the greatest gift in my life. She's gave me three beautiful daughters. And without her, how am I going to find the TV remote? How am I going to find my car keys? How am I going to find clean clothes? <laughs> you know, she was, the, and the thing I'm trying to say is, she was there all along. She was there all along. Until the set time, where he makes all things beautiful in his time. Until the set time, not sad time, huh? Sad time came later, but <laughs> until the, the sad, the sad times. Yes, he makes all things beautiful. It took the right timing to make it happen. Now, single people in the house, I'm not asking you to go to Sri Muda and find a wife. If you go into Sri Muda, he, he went to Sri Muda and found a wife. He went to Sri Muda. Okay, no mind. Not asking you to go to Sri Muda and find a wife. If you're going to Sri Muda, go and help them. I'm not asking you to check on your kindergarten classmates, but I'm asking you to be careful which kindergarten you all send your children to. Alright? So there was, back to the story, there was nothing beautiful about Jesus when He came. But at the right time, when He began His ministry, He became the beautiful Savior we sing about. Suddenly, everyone was attracted to Him. Young people, old people, educated people, uneducated people, rich people, poor people, children, all were attracted to Jesus, this wonderful Messiah. Suddenly, He became the beautiful Savior. He is beautiful. He's majestic. The King of kings, Lord of lords. People travel so far to come and see Him. You know what else is beautiful? It's beautiful that He is still working. He never stopped working. Philippians 2, it says, continue to work your salvation out. This one, we work. Work your salvation out with trembling, with fear and trembling, which means take your walk with God seriously. Yeah? For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Hallelujah. Amen? That means He is working in you. What it means is He's not a quitter. He never quit on me. He'll never quit on you. He will never quit on your loved ones. He's still working on your behalf. He's still working on you. We take God seriously. There are gifts in your lives, church. 
There are miracles in your lives. There are anointings in your lives. They are right there. But sometimes we don't even see it. We don't even recognize it. A gift means something that is given. Is given. Last year, we did an online conference. We call it uh, Triumphant. We did a Zoom, a Zoom online conference. And during the conference, I was the MC. While I was speaking and while I was speaking or while I was praying, this uncle that was tuned in started to feel something on his side. Started to feel something on his side. The thing is, he had cancer. His family knows he got cancer, but he didn't know. But right there during the conference, God began to touch. God began to move. Isn't it amazing? I had no idea all these things going on. What I'm saying is, it's the Lord. Huh? It's not me. Huh? Nothing to do with me. It was the Lord. But what I'm saying is, God can use me. Huh? The naughty me, the cheeky me, the impatient me, the imperfect me, the angry me. You know, the guy who makes tons of mistakes, me. If God can use me, He can use anyone. Somebody say Amen. Amen. That is called a gift. Another friend was sharing with me about how um, during the MCO, he met with a motorbike accident. He hit somebody's car and uh, his legs were bleeding and it was raining and he had to push his bike all the way home and he was just depressed. He was down, he was doing badly. Right at that moment, I sent him a text to check on him. I just wanted to check on him. See, I didn't know what he was going through. I didn't know he had a bad day or nothing. I just felt, hey, I should just check on this guy. But for him, when the moment I texted him, it was like God telling him, it's okay, I am with you. You are not alone. Who knows a simple text like that could mean so much to somebody. A simple gesture that could mean so much. You know, you can be the hands and feet of God wherever He, wherever he puts you. You don't need a stage. You don't need a vigorous Bible study training. He can use any one of you. He can use any one of us. You don't need to preach a, a whole sermon. When you text someone, when you call someone, when you just show up for someone, help them clean their house, that is love. That is love. That is God working in you. Amen. Don't keep thinking nothing exciting in my life. Huh? Nothing great. No, the baby Jesus was nothing great. It was a baby. He was small. He was weak. It was something that needed to be protected. Something that needed to be protected. That leads me to my next point. Protect the baby. Protect the baby. See, at that time, there was King Herod. When King Herod heard about this baby, he was frightened. He got terrified. And what he did was he killed all the babies, males, two years and below. There was a great massacre in the Christmas story. We don't talk about that, but this is real because the enemy is real. The enemy will try to take you out. The enemy will try to take your baby out, so to speak. The enemy can see the gifts you have in your life. You don't recognize it. People around you don't recognize it. The enemy can recognize it. The anointing that you have, the favor that you have, the grace that you have, the potential that you have, and it threatens the kingdom. It threatens their kingdom. So why do people badmouth you? Why do, do suddenly random people come against you? It's the enemy. They don't know. It's the enemy trying to steal your joy, trying to steal your peace, trying to distract you. So they go all out to try to finish the baby off, so to speak. And Mary and Joseph, they took the baby and they hid in Egypt for two years. They protected the baby. Protect what God has given you. 
the dream in your heart, the dream that one day you and your family shall be safe, the vision that you see through the eyes of faith. It's not happening now. Protect it. Don't let the enemy steal it. Amen? Don't let disappointment stop you. Don't let your past failures hinder you. A few years ago, I received a personal message. This guy slid into my DM and basically, he just hantam me. <laughs> Who are you to preach? Huh? Who are you without the Ramaya name? By the way, I'm Pastor David Ramaya's son, but those don't know. Who are you without that? You know, are you walking with God? I said, I am. Are you sure? I said, I'm very sure. <laughs> just a random attack suddenly want to come against me, come to attack me, basically trying to kill the baby in me. So the next time I speak, I, I doubt myself, hey, sure, uh, can, uh, correct, uh, I can do it. Uh. Just attacking me out of the blue. Of course, one part of me want to give him the five-fold ministry. You guys know the five-fold ministry, right? The Sri Muda, right here. <laughs> but, but, I have a clip to show you how, how I dealt with it. Got a clip, huh? Ravi, please let it work. Anak-anak, anak pakcik dibawa lari orang. Cobaan. Ini bukannya cobaan, ini betul-betul dibawa lari orang. Cobaan. Ya Allah, ini bukan cobaan, ini betul-betul. Ini betul-betul, ini betul-betul. Cobaan kali ini dahsyat. Ya Allah. You like it so much more than the message, huh? <laughs> cobaan. Ini cobaan. It's just a test. I told you to, to expect the unexpected. <laughs> cobaan. It's just a test. When they come against you, when people want to fight with you, it's just a test. Cobaan. Cobaan. You know, you let God fight our battles. We have a God that is working non-stop. When God gives you an assignment, when He gives you a dream, pursue it. Pursue it. Besides the test, besides the cobaan. Like Pastor Stephen said a few weeks back, how he was, um, he picked up this hitchhiker. He told the story and he felt like he should just stop and talk to this guy. And when he talked to this guy, this guy started to cry, started to share and ask him to pray for him. And he ministered to this guy right there and then. What was that? Stephen was sensitive to the Spirit, sensitive enough to submit, to pray for a total stranger. Like I said, you don't need to preach a whole sermon to touch somebody's life. Just a simple act like that took time to listen to somebody. So when Stephen did that, what was he doing? He was also developing the baby in him. He was also developing his sensitivity to God. When you are sensitive, when you are, you are growing the baby, you know how difficult it is to take care of the baby, of a natural baby. Today, three new babies came. Parents, look at them properly. You can see their eye bags. My daughter is six years old. Till today, she still sticks into my bed every night and gives me a kick. Sometimes breathing right in my face. Like that. So smelly. But sick every day. Eh? Every day. I'm six, six years old. Pray for me. But, 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 it is so worth it. When the baby grows, they are so worth it. They bring so much joy into you. If you don't believe me, Ask Joanna. She did it five times, really. Five. Maybe next year, one more. We don't know. But high-stress environment, fever, sleepless nights, 
stuck in the house is difficult. Caring for a baby is difficult. The miracle in your life, the vision in your life might be difficult. Don't get rid of it because it gets difficult. Don't forget it because it's not convenient. Keep protecting it. Be patient. It's not what you expected, but it's exactly what you need. Musicians can come up. So expecting a new king, but here comes a baby. I believe that is the real miracle of Christmas. Expecting the unexpected. Christ here in the world with us. Emmanuel. He's teaching us that life is full of possibilities. More specifically, life with God. With God on your side. The author and the finisher of your faith. One phone call can change your life. Hello? One text message can push you ahead a few years. God has ways of bringing the right people in. Of bringing the right things in into your life. Many times in my life, personally, He has brought the right people in. One phone call set me up for one year. Hey, I want to see you. Come today. Come. Few years. <laughs> set me up. The day when I'm praying, sitting down, feeling down, boom, one phone call comes. Can I see you today? Boom, a project comes in. Enough for one year. God has done miracles on miracles in my life. I have been covered by His grace. How can I not be patient? How can I not trust Him? How can I not wait while He's taking longer than expected? Learn to trust Him. He knows best. He is our blessed assurance. We sing that song. He is our security in these times of uncertainty. In times of chaos, when we keep being our best, when we keep working out our salvation with fear and trembling, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, He knows how to come in. This is not a season to be discouraged, church. Amen? Coming into the new year, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Amen? How can I not trust Him? Let's trust Him. Now, if you don't know Him yet, if you don't know this Jesus I'm talking about, if you're new, today we're going to open the altar. He can come in front. We want to pray for you. Or if you just need a fresh touch from Him before we end the year, before we come into the new year, we can pray for you. Our pastors are here to pray for you. Yeah? Jesus came as a baby and He grew as a child and became a man right here also to show us that we can overcome the world. We can live lives of purity, of righteousness, of kingdom-mindedness, of grace, of favour. We can live like Jesus. We can love like Jesus. We can touch lives like Jesus. Hallelujah. There is great hope in your future. Recognise His work. Protect the baby. Expect the unexpected. Amen. Amen. God bless you.